You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Defense is like a great wall. They uh, had a hard time with that one, so I had to move on. Uh, so literally you were sitting around watching the World Cup with some uh, fans down there? Well, I was getting uh, a well of a deal on a condo, Aaron, and uh, you're invited down uh, at a at a very reduced rate. Um, and uh, you know, we're trying to trying to, I guess, go international, worldwide international. Right. Well, speaking of international, um, you're about to touch down. I'm assuming on some kind of crop duster um, into Morehouse International. Does Morehouse International require shirt sh- shirt and shoes to get on the course? It's not required, but it is preferred. Um, it's, it's more of a, it has to do with your weight, your girth more than it does, uh, your income level. Well, you know, it should be another scorcher out there. So we're all, uh, we're all, we're all trying to do what we can. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you, um, you've got, you've got your best pair of, uh, best pair of Sansa belt or are we going blue jeans today? Uh, no, I'm not wearing the jeans today. I am wearing the Sansa belt shorts. Um, you know, and I have hydrated. I'm ready to go, man. We got a we got a really good shot at finishing the top ten or fifteen of this thing. Well, that's also good to hear because you're taking a page out of another Hall of Fame coach um, from from Pat Collins, the man that made Sansa Belt famous. <laughs> well, it's not right, Sansa. You know the old two button Sansa Belt. They're like cockroaches. When everything goes away, then babies will still be here. <laughs> Tharp, hit them straight, bud. Appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tough life. 7 o'clock hour in the books coming up in the 8 o'clock. We will talk a little World Cup. We'll catch up with uh, Michael Hunter of the Denver Broncos at 8.15. And Nick White will join us for his weekly visit, the voice of the Warhawks, at 8.30. Your calls, your texts, welcome. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. I'm Steve Weissman with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Seahawks four-time Pro Bowl safety Cam Chancellor hinted that his career may be over in a heartfelt tweet that read in part, quote, I've played through all types of bruises and injuries at a high level, but this one I just can't ignore. Time for the next chapter, close quote. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reports Chancellor doesn't believe he'll be cleared to play again after scans of his injured neck did not show adequate improvement. Elsewhere, Rob Gronkowski shedding light on why he skipped all the Patriots' voluntary off-season workouts. Here's what he told NFL Network's Willie McGinnis. I am refreshed. I mean, you know after the season, the long seasons, you know how your body can feel and everything. Right. So I just wanted to see where I was at and uh, see how I can get my body feeling, see if I can handle it, endure it again. And I feel like I'm super ready, man. All-pro running back Todd Gurley also telling McGinnis he and the Rams have not begun talks on a long-term contract, but he's okay playing out the upcoming fourth season of his five-year rookie deal. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Napa know-how. This week only, Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil is on sale for just $2.99 a quart. Wait, what? $2.99? That's got to be wrong. Let me fact check that real quick here. Well, I'll be a minivan's uncle. The sludge-fighting, long-lasting protection of Napa Full Synthetic is just $2.99 a quart. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer available July 1st through July 8th. Right now, buy Ortho's Home Defense Insect Killer with Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you, final notice for bugs. Home Defense kills bugs where they live, where you live, and prevents new ones from moving in, all for up to 12 months. 
Remember, it's your house. You make the rules. Get a free refill when you purchase Ortho Home Defense with Wand at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit two per customer, in-store only. Selection varies. It's 8 o'clock at KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe. Time for the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and uh, Adam Hunsucker from the New Star hanging out on this Monday morning. Plenty to discuss. Your calls, your text, 888-993-7762. So, Hunsucker, you were not into the World Cup this weekend. I was all in. And a man that's been all in for a long time, West Monroe head soccer coach Chris Barron, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Doing well. Good morning to y'all. Man, that was a, a fun weekend. This was literally the first time of this World Cup that I was actually all in. And, boy, was I rewarded first with, of course, that game, that match, Argentina and then France, and then yesterday the two matches that come down, two penalty kicks. Is that as good as it gets? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. You know, when the U.S. has, has been in the World Cup and there's been some exciting games that have kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, but I'm telling you, man, just watching it and just the tension and and knowing what was at stake and the pressure on these guys, I, I, you know, it was amazing. Uh, loaded question. Should these matches come down to penalty kicks? Which way do you weigh in? I hate penalty kicks as a coach. I, you know, to me, I've always said it's not soccer. Um, but there's really almost no other way to, to do it. You know, there's no other way to – you can't continue to play – and have risk injury to these guys. I mean, it would be like playing, you know, five or six quarters of football. You're not going to do that to million-dollar athletes. Uh, so there's just really no other way. You know, on, on a grassroots level, you could definitely do some things. Like I had an idea where every minute you take another person off the field till eventually you're down to 1v1 and whoever can score, you know, or something crazy like that. But, but yeah, it's not soccer, but it's just the way it is, and uh, it's more luck than anything. A number of stops made in that Croatia-Denmark game in the penalty kicks. I think it was final with a 3-2 to two in the penalty kicks. How unusual was that for the goaltenders to be making those stops? At, at, at that level, it's, it's somewhat unusual. But, you know, it, at the same time, the goalkeepers are just getting better, bigger, faster. I mean, those dudes are 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys. They can cover a lot of ground. And, you know, they, they study the players, you know, like every, every good – coach shows his team film these guys will be watching film on all the penalty kicks of every guy they can they're going to have studied it so they know the tendencies there's a lot that goes into it that we would never see more than just they have a lucky guess and dive the right way and it literally is that the goaltender he's either he's going to guess one way or the other and of course using the research from the past of which way those players have been on yeah exactly that's that's what they they do most time you know and then you've got these guys, you saw it, they take these awkward approaches where they kind of yeah. almost stop and change their foot position on it. That's kind of hard to defend against, so you definitely got to guess at that point. Um, and then the they rule? play tricks with each other. You know, you think about it, too, because if the goalkeeper guesses and dies and they know, and the striker knows that they're going to dive, then they just play it down the middle. So, you know. What is the rule with the hesitation? Because I saw the Denmark uh, goalie, of course, complain numerous times. Yeah, he got upset. Well, they're not allowed to. It, the best the way I can understand it is they're not allowed to stop their forward momentum, kind of like a balk in pitching maybe. Um, they're not allowed to stop. So as long as they drag their back foot 
or keep their movement going forward, they can hit, they can hitch it up or hesitate or do whatever. And, and I watched it. I felt like, you know, when you watch it fast, you go, oh, he's something. No, and when you look at it, they really don't. They're, they're moving the whole time. Yesterday, of course, the two fantastic matchups that included uh, Russia moving on with the win against Spain. This is great for this World Cup, considering it is their home turf. Overall, how big of an upset was this? Uh, it was huge. It was the largest upset ever in World Cup history, really. If you just go by pure rankings, you know, Russia was the lowest-ranked team in the whole tournament, and they get in, you know, obviously on an automatic bid because they're the host nation. So they really shouldn't have even got out of their group, much less, you know, get past Spain. And then the match, of course, on Saturday, Argentina and France, uh, that second half. How good was that? The number of goals that we saw and some spectacular goals at that. Yeah, they were. it was unbelievable. France really kind of surprised me. I mean, I knew they were good coming in, but they've just got, obviously, you got a teenager who's scoring two goals in, in, within, you know, two or three minutes of each other. Uh, a guy that's, you know, in the soccer world, he's known somewhat, but he's still just 19. Uh having a kid on that stage make that kind of performance against Argentina, you know, with Messi, uh, you know, that kid's future. Oh my gosh. But yeah, they're fast. France is fast and Argentina kind of aging team. Maybe Um, there, you know, it was kind of Argentina and Argentina has been in disarray. So it was bound to happen. West Monroe soccer coach, Chris Barron joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead insurance hotline. Chris, you look at the matchups today and uh, this one that's going to get underway here in less than an hour with Brazil and Mexico. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup considering it's in the round of uh, 16. What do you expect? Yeah, I don't, you know, Mexico kind of had a flop at the, the, the last match. They've backed into this knockout stage and they got some help, but, you know, it's anybody's game. I mean, the talent level on the field, Brazil may have the advantage. Mexico's got an unbelievable goalkeeper. And as you saw yesterday with those goalkeepers, if you got a good goalkeeper, you can be in any match. Uh, I would have to say Brazil's got the edge, but maybe Mexico got woke up, you know, woken up by their their bad performance they had in the last match. I mean, it's really like there's no way anybody can really predict what's going to happen from here on out. Chris, overall, the presentation of the World Cup, it seems like it's picking up steam now. They've been pleased with how it's been portrayed and played out in the States. Yeah, I mean, I was very worried when Russia got it. Like, I'm just like, this is going to be terrible. Like, they're not going to be able to, you know, because the Olympics kind of were having some issues when they had it there. But, I mean, it's really, I mean, you, you know, we're only going to see what the camera's going to show us. But but I think it's as good as any World Cup, as far as you said, presentation-wise, and the atmosphere at most of the games is as good as I've ever seen it. All right, handicap this thing for us right now with, of course, Germany and Argentina knocked out. Who's the Who are the favorites now? Well, yeah, and, and, and Portugal's knocked out, and Spain's knocked out. I mean, it's just, you know, you, I think we'll see today out of Brazil and Mexico, you know, but then they got to go against probably Belgium, who, you know, is going to have trouble with Japan, too. Belgium's super talented, uh, but will they play up to that talent level? You know, they're, and they're still a very young team. I, there's just, I mean, really, you know, I think Russia has kind of run its course. I think Croatia's going to get them in, in the quarters. Uh, England is somebody nobody's been talking about. England actually has a chance to get to a semifinal, possibly, and maybe even a final. This might be the year. You know, England's always underperformed, and you know, or I say that they're they're, they're they are who they are. They're kind of like LSU. Everybody expects them in Louisiana to be the best every year. England's just like that. All the everybody that's British thinks England should be in the World Cup final every four years. 
this might be the year they get there. Chris, as always, we uh, appreciate the perspective and the insight on the World Cup. Thank you, bud. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Chris Barron, West Monroe girls head soccer coach. All right, tell us why you're not all in. You know, and I really can't tell you why. I've, I've made the effort. I've sat and I've watched and watched these games, and they just don't do anything for me. Mm. I don't know if it's just I just have an aversion to soccer or if I'm not, you know, picking up on the right things. Maybe I felt like I needed to be, though, being a sports fan and, then, of course, doing this in my job. You know, maybe I, maybe I need Tabor or Chris or somebody somebody to meet me at Portico and just explain <laughs> this to me. You might happen at a, at a restaurant or a bar for that to happen. Well, I, I'm I, I'm I'm a social creature. I enjoy being out. I mean, I don't think that's any secret. So, you know, it's all it's always good to be amongst friends, and I, I think it would probably make the atmosphere a little bit better. Tabe, tell him why he needs to be all in. Well, I was going to ask, is he buying? <laughs> <laughs> again, again, I. I like the every four years again. It's kind of replaced the Olympics in my mind as that big world gathering of sport every four years, but just the running, the athleticism it takes to play the game for ninety and in yesterday's case one hundred and twenty plus minutes. Man, it's it's incredible, and I don't think we don't send our best athletes to play the game. Everybody right. else I, that's does. That's something that's come come up in my mind too, and. And, and as far as international competition goes, I don't have an aversion to that. I enjoy I enjoy the Olympics. It's, I I enjoy watching watching our our fine young men in Team USA basketball destroy who's ever put in front of them. But you know, and, and I agree with you on um, on what it takes to play that game. You know, I, I think I just I think I just need to sit with somebody that has the more nuanced perspective when it comes to soccer. The other thing, Tabor, and I love college football and how it's presented, and of course to see the fan bases and the emotion and you see it in their faces. This World Cup is presented a lot like that. There is something cool about seeing grown men, of course, uh, hugging and, and dancing. Just say it. You like crying. watching grown men cry. Yeah, I was getting to the crying <laughs> part. I do enjoy that. So we have we have the same so we have the same kind of unhealthy relationship that the fans have to college football with the World Cup. Yes. So so who 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 is the Alabama of the World Cup? I think it's got to be Brazil. So someone that someone that where a, a, a loss is a reason to take life. And listen, uh, especially yesterday, if you've noticed uh, the security that they have around the field, and then the shots that they show, and the security guards that they have lined up, I guess dividing the two fan bases uh, is pretty good. The number of security that they have at those matches through the roof. Oh, and I'm all for watching a fight. I mean, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, sec, if it's a secondary thing, I, I will absolutely be game for that. Well, so see, that, that's not, one thing soccer has on soccer. You, you could join the hooligan faction. Yes. No, I, I didn't say I would participate. I just want to sit back and watch. I, I've seen Spectator. I've seen Green Street hooligans. I know, I know how that goes. Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash Text Line eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Coming up next. We're going to catch up with one of our favorites, Michael Hunter, former uh, standout at Richwood and West Monroe. Of course, now making a name for himself in the National Football League. He joins us after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. 
the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. At First Guarantee Bank, we know what it takes to help businesses grow. Funds, precisely why we're making it easier than ever to afford a business loan. With fixed rates as low as 5.5% for five years, you could buy commercial property or equipment your business needs. And we'll even pay third-party closing costs up to $7,500. Now that's banking the way you do business. Welcome to First Guarantee Bank. Welcome to Fanatical Banking. New money only, all loans subject to underwriting, creditworthiness, and bank approval. Available while funds last. For more information, visit FGB.net. Remember, FDIC. This is the famous Bud Light beer. It's not easy to brew beer this easy to drink. It takes attention to detail to get something to taste this smooth, which is why Bud Light is tasted by brewmasters every step of the way. Hey, it's a tough job. But for you and your friends, it's worth it. Bud Light. We don't just brew beer. We brew beer for friends. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer. Anheuser-Busch. St. Louis, Missouri. Fun, excitement, lifelong friendships. Six words that describe what is possible for you through 4-H. Lingen Parish 4-H is a great opportunity for youth and adults alike to develop themselves in citizenship, leadership, and knowledge. So join today and begin making the best better. For more information about 4-H, call 318-251-5134. That's 318-251-5134. Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show, uh, Adam. Man, it's enjoyable when you see uh, local kids, of course, giving back to their communities and the number of guys that come back for this summer that are not playing in the National Football League. We got a pretty good list. Yeah, and that, I think that's my favorite part of my job is seeing these guys grow up because you literally watch them grow up and then they go off and the ones that are fortunate enough to get in the league, they love to come back and you know and put on for the city, and that, I think that I think that's absolutely awesome. Justin Jelly Bean Ellis has a camp coming up uh, actually this week, this past weekend. Michael Hunter from the Denver Broncos hosted one out at Richwood, and he now joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Michael, how you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great, Mister Dijak. How about yourself? Good. You don't have to say Mister. I feel old <laughs> enough the way you it just is. got Mister. <laughs> hey, you know, how much you know, fun? How much fun was this? How much fun was this, uh, kind of giving back to the community and having kids out there? I'm sure you remember the day when you were running around out there getting some pointers from older guys. Oh, yes, sir, without a doubt. It seemed like it was not too long ago. I was, like you said, running around in elementary and junior high and just being fortunate enough to come back and uh, fulfill a lifelong dream and host the camp. It was awesome. Was there a player or two that you looked up to when you were in the junior high high school ranks from northeast Louisiana? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, I probably have to say uh, just Andrew Whitworth. I kind of, he's in the NFL. I know him personally. Of course, we play two different positions, but just knowing an NFL player is kind of someone I looked up to and always wanted to be in his position. You know, um, Michael, Adam Hunsucker, just looking and seeing that you had um, some folks out there. Barkevius Mingo was out there. Martez Carter was out there. Trey Hunter was out there. You know, was this are these camps an easy sell to get to get you all together, even though, you know, you weren't, you may not have been high school teammates, some of your family, and some of you just, you know, want to do things for Monroe and West Monroe. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very easy. Uh, the crazy thing is we all either played together at one point, either if it was junior high or middle school, or we are lifelong friends like Paul Turner. Me and him have been friends since we were 10 years old. Paul is 
lives in Dallas now, so I called him and he it was no it was a no brainer. He drove four or five hours and came right out. So just having relationships like that and knowing guys like that, uh it's just awesome that uh they're willing to basically volunteer their time and just come out and uh do things like this. I know you had a great turnout, kinda of what was your message to the youngsters on Saturday? Really just uh just keep thriving and keep working hard and keep doing the right things. Uh, just take it one day at a time. Respect your elders. Respect your friends around you, and just and just keep pushing the sky's the limit. And and just seeing all these people that were basically in their shoes ten years ago, making from uh, Morrow, Louisiana. I think you have them a, a real insight that that can happen. Mike, we've talked about it before. You've had an interesting journey to the NFL. High school, of course, Richwood, West Monroe. You go off to Indiana, then you transfer to Oklahoma State. What was that path like for you? Oh, it definitely wasn't a straight path, like you said. Uh, took a lot of hard work, took a lot of turns here and there. Uh, but I went traded for the world, uh, like you said. Uh, it's very interesting. I've <laughs> seen a lot of places, uh, being in Indiana, traveling week to week in the Big Ten, and then going to Oklahoma State and playing in the Big 12, so... Like you said, it was it was an interesting journey, but I went traded for the world, and I believe it set me up to be where I am today. Michael, let's go there first with the Big Ten. What were some of the coolest experiences, the stadium or two that stood out the most to you? Uh, I'll probably have to say Wisconsin and uh, Ohio State. Those are the two stadiums. Uh, Wisconsin, probably about ninety five, ninety six thousand, but that's probably the loudest stadium I ever played in my life. That decision, of course, uh, you get your degree from Indiana, and, of course, the Hoosiers, you were on the cusp of it, basically turning that thing around. How difficult was it to leave them and then, of course, go to Oklahoma State? Oh, it was very difficult, but it was kind of, at that point, I kind of set a business decision in a, uh, in a Big Ten. I was I started for three years, but I didn't really get a lot of film in the passing game, so I felt like going to the Big 12 where they're throwing the ball 50 to 60 times a game it would benefit me basically on the NFL uh, radar. So uh, I basically took a leap of faith. Uh, I told people I was transferring, and Oklahoma State was one of the teams that offered me a scholarship, and I just went from there. And uh, it actually played out for me. So I got some film, got on NFL boards, and uh, went undrafted, of course, but I found a way and made it happen. Big 12, and then, of course, uh, being there for just one year, how difficult is that as a graduate transfer coming in and, of course, uh, having new teammates and getting welcomed aboard for being there a short time? Oh, it, it was it was, it was was very difficult, honestly. But uh, after being there about a month, they welcomed me with open arms. Uh, some great guys there. Coach Gundy being one of the best coaches I've ever played for. Uh, they really made the transition easier than I thought it would be. Uh, so, like I said, to this day, I, I feel like I uh, owe Oklahoma State, and I just thank them for it. Like you said, open me with, uh, welcome me with open arms, not only the coaches, but my teammates. You know, that's kind of a double-edged sword, too, when you think about it. You, you want to go to the go to a pass-happy league to get some film, but at the same time, that means you're going to be challenged on about every play playing against those kind of those air raid and those spread offenses. You know, what kind of a transition did, did that require? Oh, it was, the transition was almost unbelievable, I think. In the Big Ten, I was averaging maybe 65, 70 snaps a game. Uh, and if I remember correctly, uh, in the Big 12, we were averaging 95 players a game, I believe. At Texas Tech, one week I played like 110 players, which was ridiculous. 
Michael Hunter joins us on the uh, Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. As you mentioned, uh, go undrafted. You go to the Giants. Of course, you make a name for yourself there. Uh, your experience is there. How cool was it to be playing with some of the, the best in the league? Oh, it was it was awesome. Say, uh, it set me up for uh, basically being where I am today. It introduced me to some of the best talent in the world, like you said, uh, starting there on practice squad, meaning I'm having to go against Odell every single day which I still believe is the best receiver in the NFL, really had no choice but to get better. And uh, I guess the coaches take, took note of that, that I was challenging him and getting better every day. And then just took it one step at a time and finally cracked the 53-man roster. Going against him at practices, what's he like? I and mean, what does he routinely pull off? Uh, pretty much what you see on TV is what he, what he can do pretty much every day, say, uh, He's a freak athlete. He has huge hands. He runs good routes. Of course, he can catch any ball there. We all know that. But uh, he's going against him every day. He's really, he's really a humble dude. So, uh, of course, he was working his craft, but he was always telling me what I could do better, telling me what that I'm pushing him, making him better. And just, just small things like that go a long way, and especially when I was young in my career, trying to get off to a good start in the NFL. Mm. A lot of highs, but there were a few lows, of course, with the Giants. You got an opportunity to play in some huge ball games. Ultimately, though, you get cut. Can you put into words what those moments are like as you kind of have the roller coaster ride in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Say, uh, of course, every some days are tougher than others. Say, uh, crazy thing is, I actually think as a week station seven last year, I pulled my hamstring against the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Giants put me on IR. Uh, and then eventually, about four or five weeks later, they cut me. So that was a tough day. But uh, but honestly, uh, I think it was just God's plan. So, uh, about a week later, after I got cut, the Denver Broncos came calling. And, uh, I guess it's history now. That's where I'm at and just the next chapter in my career. With training camps now, what, uh, just under a month away, what are you anticipating training camp this year with the Denver Broncos? Oh, I'm anticipating I'm trying to compete for a starting role. Right now I'm probably in that third, fourth uh, position at cornerback and just trying to work my butt and uh, get as much playing time as I can and, uh, like you said, make a make a name for myself and uh, contribute all year and uh, go from there. Uh, John Diars, now a member of a, a teammate of yours up there in Denver. What kind of advice do you give that rookie? Oh, kind of very similar to mine. It's, uh, his journey was very similar. <laughs> So basically, just tell them uh, it's going to be some tough days. Say uh, they're going to overlook you at times, being that you're undrafted, you're a rookie, but keep making plays because he, he had a very work, great OTA uh, mini camp. So just go back with that attitude of uh, that you got to outwork everybody because they, they, they're they not going to give you anything. You just go from there. Michael Hunter, we're happy for your success. Uh, thanks for the time this morning, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you. Michael Hunter, former uh, Richwood and West Monroe standout. You look at the number of players uh, now that we can look in, just in the professional ranks from this area. Pretty cool, of course, especially with you know the older guys like Andrew Whitworth and Kyle Williams. But we got a, a bunch of uh, youngsters coming through now. Yeah, and, and to me, you know, obviously I wasn't around for for Whitworth and Kyle Williams when they were just coming through. But the ones I have been around for, this has been you know really cool to watch and. You know, this was kind of a lesson that, that actually I learned. That Hootie Jones taught me this. And this was my, my first year at the New Star in 2013, um, you know, and covering Neville. 
you know, you see Hootie, and you just see, you know, if you just look at him in a, in a, in a, in a helmet and shoulder pads, he's a blue chip. He's everything you could want. That's why every school in the country wanted him. But then, you know, you go, you talk to him, he pulls that helmet off, and you get a look at him in the face, and you realize this is a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, these are 16- to 17-year-old kids. And you kind of that's something you kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're doing this. And then as they go on and they go to college and they have success and are fortunate enough to get to the pros, you really – like I said, you see them grow up, but in a way, they're still, you know, that interaction is still the same you had from them from the very beginning, and it's just, it's just really cool to see. It's going to be fun Saturday with uh, Justin Jellybean Ellis's uh, camp. Uh, the number of athletes that will be on that field last year it was incredible. You could have put together a pretty good squad. Right. I mean, I think you had like the entire Oakland Raider yeah. defensive Khalil line Mack there. Yeah. Uh, plus, plus, Dak Prescott was uh, there. Good stuff. And of course, the number of athletes now just. Uh, going from high school, they'll be in the college ranks this year. Guys, we'll be keeping eyes on Isaiah Bugs and, of course, Rashard Lawrence at the top of the list. Yeah, those those are two those are two really good ones, and two I w- would expect to see um, in the NFL draft next year. Assuming um, Big Cat, that being Rashard Lawrence, I've, that's kind of that's been my nickname for him since he was the literally the biggest 15 year old kid I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> if he decides to forego his senior season, which you know at LSU, I mean, you, you could could be a chance, but they, they they will be fun to watch. Tur- Kevontae Turpin, who I will say is the best high school football player I've ever covered, even though I haven't been doing this that long. He he'll he'll be a senior next year. He'll be fun to watch. So lots of good stuff to see. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Coming up next, Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, joins us for his weekly visit. The morning drive returns after this. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hey folks, this is Jody Wood with Wood Marine. Our 4th of July sale is already in full swing here in Ruston. Blowout pricing on all in-stock models with factory and military discounts available on low fishing boats, hunting boats, and pontoons. Get your family together this summer on a new high-performance low pontoon powered by Mercury Motors. Wood Marine has a huge selection of tubes, ski ropes, and life vests for those fun days on the water. Also, Wood Marine is now a full-line dealer for well-built boats. As always, Wood Marine is your go-to for marine parts and accessories. Stop by and see what's new at Wood Marine or follow us on Facebook. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Grab a 
another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. You know, Adam Huntsucker, if I had to depend on one guy for a penalty kick, you know who I would go to? Who's that? At least he'd tell you he'd make it. I think we had this debate numerous times. That'd be Nick White, the voice of the watch. <laughs> Nicholas, how you doing? <laughs> hey, guys. Let's, uh, yeah, penalty kick, eh? Weren't we supposed to try to do that challenge at one point? Uh-huh. And, and I think you made the argument that you could score. You would, what, I don't want to put words in your mouth, and my memory kind of is not good. Like 8 out of 10 or something like that, 7 out of 10 on a college goaltender. Isn't that what you claimed back in the day? Uh, I don't, I have slept since then, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, 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 better, or better yet, do, do you have any soccer experience? Uh, I, on a mission trip to Honduras, I played, um, so that's good competition. Played with them. You really good competition. Yeah. International. Um, <laughs> international. Yeah. Goal. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you think about it, we, we could, we could be talking to the Jared Lorenzen of soccer. He just needs a chance. <laughs> Hey, I was a little back back in those days. Uh, I was a little uh, I was a little lighter too, so uh, I was able to actually get up and down the uh, the pitch a little bit. So, um, uh, scored a scored a goal or two. Um, here's one thing that you did you, you don't realize though. Um, it was kind of an impromptu game, and um, let's just say um, you need to. Uh, well, I was just going to say you need to wear a cup whenever you're playing those things, uh, playing soccer. <laughs> Because uh, I, I took one where the, where the sun doesn't shine, and uh, it was, wasn't a fun fun occasion there. But uh, yeah, I don't know PKs. Uh, I think I think it was probably four years ago, Dietrich, and we had that conversation. Was it? We were talking yeah. one of the, one of the local soccer coaches, and uh, I think they all said fat chance. I think we were both both supposed to get out there and do it. Of course, like like many of our supposed challenges, uh, we never got around to it. So. But, uh, I know you're anyway. on your way back from back from camp. Tell me, you watched a little bit this weekend. though. Uh, very little. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch a whole lot. Um, you know, you try to follow it as much as you can, um, try to get caught up and, um, the upsets have been, been what's been uh, amazing. I mean, you, you look at, you know, a lot of these favorites, but, uh, that's high drama. Um, and, and, and it just, it means a lot. I mean, these countries pour their heart and soul into, um, into it. And, uh, you know, they, they come down to that, that, that's some high drama and, uh, that can't be easy. I mean, golly, the, the goalies, what they have to do, and uh, to be able to stop one is, is amazing. And uh, if they can stop two or three, that, that's just unbelievable. Uh, Nick, before we get into some ULM questions, I wanted to ask you, LeBron, of course, the big news going to L.A. DeMarcus Cousins still remains out there. There is concerns now he will join L, uh, LeBron in Los Angeles. How concerned are you that he will not ink a deal with the Pels? Um... I don't. I don't seem. Very, I don't, I'm not very optimistic, and um, I wish they could find a way to to do one of two things. One, uh, send the Pelicans to the East. Uh, I wish we could lobby for that. Um, or number two, uh, readjust the, the playoff uh, system like they talked about and just seed them one through sixteen, and uh, maybe that would give the Pelicans a little, little better chance in there. Um, this West Division is just going to be unbelievable, and um, the Western Conference, I should say, and, and um, you know, you've got a, you got a mega star like Anthony Davis, and, and it's just frustrating because you know you, you look inside the Western Conference, and now you throw LeBron in there into the into the already loaded West, and 
Uh, you know, but they're, they're all, also saw about Boogie. You know, they, they're saying he may not be ready to go till January. So, do you throw all that money in into him? You know, and, and then you don't only get him for a half a season. Uh, they, they were pretty stinking good with the team they had. Um, you know, last year. So, you know, you still need to put a few pieces in there. Um, so I don't know. I, it's it's kind of hit or miss right now uh, to see what's going to happen. He's not going to get that max deal. You know, everything I see is, is if he gets a deal, it's going to be a two, maybe three-year uh, deal, and then, you know, you got to prove that he's going to be healthy. But, I mean, it's a gamble. I mean, you know, th- this is not an easy thing to come back from for a guy his size uh, to come back from the Achilles injury. Uh, it's a gamble. So do you, do you put that much money into a guy that, that you don't know that you're going to get all of it out of? So uh, it's really, really tough, but uh, – you know, it's kind of whenever you got, you got a guy like Anthony Davis, uh, you got to do something uh, because you got to ensure he's going to stick around there. So uh, I'm concerned as a Pelicans fan, no doubt. Um, you know, their, their big splash right now is signing Elfer Payton uh, out of ULL, who's now bouncing around to his third team now. Um, you know, he, he really hasn't hasn't panned out to be that that you know that great in the NBA right now, and and I don't know where where you slot him in there. Um, you know, the hometown guy coming back, I guess, is what you look at, and that's the storyline there. But uh, uh, consider me uh, not very impressed or not very uh, excited about that signing. So uh, we'll see what they do and uh, some more of the moves that are out there. Well, that's the other thing about it, too. I mean, if you look at it, you know, we know the, the NBA is all about star power. It's a league, it's a league of stars. So when you at least yeah. look at the, Southwest, at the Southwest division, I mean, obviously there's Houston, but we don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi and San Antonio. Um Memphis and Dallas both being in flux, so to speak. So if you're if you're the Pels, I mean, you can literally lay claim to having the best player in your division. Well, yeah, you you can. You know that that's one thing that you can look at. And you know the Rockets lost Trevor Reza too. Um, I believe where where do you end up? And maybe the Suns. Does see that? Uh, so he's out of there. Um, you know the, the Rockets are still going to be pretty good. So I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the for the Pelicans. Don't get me wrong. And, and you bring up a great point, Adam. You know, in the in the, the Southwest Division, I mean, the, the Spurs are not the Spurs of old, especially if Kawhi. Kawhi is not going to be playing for the Spurs next year. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, either he's going to sit out or he's going to be gone. Now, yeah, Popovich is no dummy. I mean, he, I, I, I find it hard to believe he's going to let the guy sit there and get nothing for him. They're, they're going to end up trading, him and, and they're going to get something for him. Now, he may not end up in L.A. He'll probably end up out east or something in there, but – uh, nonetheless, um, you know, the, the Pelicans should easily be no worse than number two in that division. And they should be a playoff team next year with what they currently have coming back. But, I mean, I, I don't want to just make the playoffs. I want to make a run at this thing. And uh, I don't think the Lakers are, are going to be, you know, in the finals next year. I think it's still Golden State and, and everybody else is, is, is way behind as far as trying to catch them. But uh, I, w- I want the Pelicans to, to find another star to get in there and um, and, and find a way to t- try to make a, a run and uh, you know try try to get into the finals whenever you have a mega star like Anthony Davis. But I saw the stat: twelve of the fifteen All NBA players now reside in the West. Twelve yeah, of the fifteen. That's unbelievable. I mean, that, that just tells you right there. Uh, how good that, that that division is, and you know we we forget about a team like Portland, which you know the, the Pelicans swept out of the playoffs. Uh, we we kind of forget about them up in the Northwest, but uh, 
you know, they're an awfully good team, and, and there are others in the West that are sitting there saying, well, who, who, who are the Lakers going to jump up and knock out of the playoffs um, with LeBron in there? So uh, it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. All right, guys, I got both of you here. We were going through uh, players to watch next year in college football. On the defensive side for ULM of the Warhawks, tell me a player or two that could turn the fortunes around for them. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, Adam, I don't, I don't know where you want to go with this, but I got to look at the Neville, Neville product, Donald Lewis. I think he's, he's going to be one. That, well. Yeah, I, I think you look at, at Donald at, as a guy that, um, you know, he, he's really, you know, he, he doesn't look anything like he did at Neville. And, and, and that's, that, that's, a, that's not saying he, he was outstanding at Neville, but I'm talking about physically. Look at him physically at, at him. At, 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 I mean, he's, he's just a, a freak of nature out there. And um, I expect him to, to be a, a pretty big um, a pretty big threat. And then, you know, it's, it's hard not, not to be uh, impressed with the, the, the local uh, secondary guys in there as well with, uh, you know, Strauder and Marbles. I mean, uh, you know, Adam, I know you heard about it a lot. and Everybody, you know, wanted to, wanted to bag on, bash on the defense. But, I mean, what did you expect out of this, this unit last year that was, one, you know, a mass unit, but then number two, I mean, they were throwing true freshmen out there at starting. Um, you know, and they had to replace, you know, their entire front seven. Um, you know, they do have to replace Caleb Tucker, obviously. That's going to be a big void to fill. But um, I expect that this defense to be much better this year. I don't think they're going to be great. I'm not saying that. But uh, I do expect them to be much better uh, with, with this still very, very young defensive unit. But i got to go local. i got to go with those local guys. There's uh, some guys that I'm really looking at. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is they, they don't have to be great next year. We're just talking no. two to three more stops a game and looking at six wins. And yeah. I think what's funny is <laughs> I can't remember which game it was. It was late in the season when the attrition had firmly set in. But remember, remember somebody hit me up on Twitter Twitter say, saying there's somebody on the bench that's got to be better than this. I was like, dude, you're watching the guys on the bench play right now. Mm. Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how that's how the you know the, the injury situation was for this. But I agree with you on Donald Lewis. And um, the thing about Donald is even going back to his time at Neville, he's always been as far as just from a technique standpoint, you know, just a sound guy that doesn't really do one thing special, but does everything well. And I think that's why ULM asks him to do a lot. He'll he'll be on there in their base defense when they go nickel. will be out there, and he'll play over the nose when they go to those dollar fronts and get multiple defensive backs on the on the field. And speaking of them, I do think the sky's the limit for Corey Strader and, and Ken Derrick Barbels. Those guys are just going to get better and better as much as they play. But, you know, another young guy that, you know, I'm curious to see ends up in a starting role that, you know, I also saw play in high school down at Karen Crow is Rashard Harding at linebacker. I think that kid could be an absolute yeah. beast before it's all said and done. Well, think about where he was. I mean, he wasn't even on the depth chart there at the beginning and how he shot up that thing. And uh, So, yeah, another guy that uh, very, very impressed with. And then think about the guys that got coming back uh, that were injured there uh, in the early part of the season as well that, that would have been great contributors there on the defensive side. So uh, I think they're going to be – be, be, be improved, no doubt, and you you nailed it, Adam. Uh, they don't have to be great. They just have to go and get oh. a few more stops per game, and, and they'll be just fine. So somewhere ranked in the 80-90 would be a major improvement. Yeah, being let's, the worst. Let's, let's play top 75 defense, okay. and they're going to a bowl game. And let's, let's also understand this. 
I've I've always said this. Whenever whenever you have a high powered offense, it's tough for your defense. I mean, because you know you're going to score quickly and all that. You're you're basically you're throwing your defense back out there, and you're going to end up getting gassed. I mean, it's very very hard to be so good on one side of the ball and then be so good on the other side of the ball. Usually, there's going to be you know a little 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 give and take there. So. Um, I, I always told people, you guys need to back off the cliff a little bit last year as far as the, the defensive uh, situation. And, uh, you know, fans are going to be fans, and I understand that. But, uh, you know, what I saw was a bunch of young guys that were kind of thrown out there. And um, at, by the end of the year, they, they were starting to pick that thing up. And uh, I'm very, very encouraged by, by what the future is going to hold for that unit. Good stuff, guys, and uh, congratulations to both of you being recognized at Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, uh, placing in uh, several categories. Good stuff. Thank yeah, we, you. We Thank you very much. Year. It was good to see. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was very surprised and, and honored to uh, just place, uh, you know, to be on the list with, with Chris Blair and uh, Dave Nitz is uh, is quite an honor. So um, on the play-by-play division, Adam, congratulations well and uh didn't get to make the uh the luncheon down there in Natchitoches but um was very cool whenever I got that uh, notification on uh, Saturday so uh, very humble very very pleased to uh, be able to receive that recognition good stuff talk to y'all talk to you soon Nick thanks Nick all right guys thanks let's take a time out coming up next our parting shots on the morning drive whatever car you're looking for whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If remodeling your bathroom is on your to-do list, Glassworks of West Monroe makes it easy and affordable. Glassworks specializes in beautiful shower doors and custom mirrors for a -a one-of-a-kind look. From gorgeous custom mirrors in any size to framed or frameless shower doors with coordinating hardware, you'll be amazed at the transformation and the affordable price. For example, search Facebook for Glassworks of West Monroe LLC. Glassworks, making your bathroom new again. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies, hot and humid conditions with a 20% chance of rain today on a high of 97. Mostly cloudy, 20% chance of rain on tonight, a low 74. Mostly cloudy skies, 60% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 92 degrees. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show. You've done a fine job, Adam. Hey, it's been fun. We might have to do this, uh, do this again sometime. Don't rest on your laurels. you got to finish strong. It is called Parting Shots. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. It's time for Parting Shots, sponsored by no one. Sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off. 
We're not afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Go on. Come on, ask it. Ask it. Or you're not capable. Okay, coach. How flexible is Nick White? Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can, you can't. Easy, coach. At least he doesn't disappear in Mexico for long periods of time. I think you must have been either um, head in the clouds, away on a holiday. Some thought-provoking parting shots. Well, you must be very stupid. I'm sorry. C congratulations. Uh, um, congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, okay. That's an old one. That was good, though. Uh, Adam Hunsucker from the New Star joins us before we get to our parting shots. I want to pick your brain here, Adam. So we're looking at ULM football, and, of course, high expectations this year, and perhaps this could be the year that they go back to a bowl game or go to their second-ever bowl game. You look at this schedule. Is there a point or a defining game that you look as a must-win for that to happen? You know, I don't know if I would characterize it as a must-win, but I think if there's a game that's going to be telling for how the season's about to go, it's uh, at Southern Miss. Huh. That that's that thing could be if they could go down to Hattiesburg and win, that thing could be a springboard for them to um, go on and have more success. Second week of the year. Second week of the year, and there, if you look at that schedule, there's also a stretch there where they will they there will not they will, the ULM will not be playing at Malone Stadium for over a month. Mm. That's you know fairly brutal. But I do think if they could if they could find a way to pull that off at Southern Miss, then so all be, kinds of confidence going forward. Be two and zero heading to Texas A and M, mm -hmm. and then of course uh, have a Troy, then Georgia State or Ole Miss. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm trying to remember. I think the way I broke down the schedule when I first saw it. I'm going to do some more research on this later for some Sunbelt preview stuff I'm doing. But I kind of looked at it as. That schedule has four wins, four losses, and a couple toss-ups. Hmm. For our parting shots, if that'd be cool, we kind of do how the business has changed on the TV and newspaper side. You've been in this thing for a number of years. I've been in it for a long, long time. Just in the last three to four years, Hunsucker, how have you seen it change newspaper-wise? Well, what's funny is I don't really know anything different mm -hmm. other than um, digital. But, I mean, you talk to some of the old-timers, guys like um, – Guys like Paul Letlow, who I'm fortunate enough to have a good relationship with, and Scott Farrell at the Shreveport Times, who's actually my boss. Um, it's almost like it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. You know, there's the you know digital and the internet provides such a landscape to do all kinds of creative things, and basically, you know, any kind of story you can think up, you can do. But then there also comes you got to find a way to monetize that, yeah. and in certain in certain markets that's harder than before, especially you know here, here in this market with um, the things that um, you know Gannett that owns the New Star is trying to do, moving away from the print edition to more of a general more of a digital focus. But you know this is still a mar product where people like that print, yeah. and as it continues to kind of bleed out, so to speak, it's been it's been you know a challenge to get people to you know look at new ideas and try new things. I'm a traditionalist. I always love the, the fact just in the morning you have that paper and that's kind of how you, you start your day. And how everything has now shifted, of course, to, to social media and, then of course, everybody, their newspaper, a lot of people's newspaper now is just literally going through their Facebook timeline, seeing what others are posting, the news of the day, and how that dictates, of course, the, co the coverage. Yeah, and e even though this is going to sound hypocritical because I post all my stuff on Facebook because yeah. that's where you reach people, but I'm not sure it's the best thing. Because as you've seen with Facebook and, you know, with what they're trying to do with different algorithms now and what 
they what they want to allow on their platform or yeah. not. You get a lot of misinformation out there, which is never a good thing. But, you know, to your point about starting the day like that, I mean, I still do that. But, of course, I do it with a tablet now. So yeah. there you go. And then the other thing, of course, uh, the way that you can get your message and, of course, the stories out there so much sooner and have people, of course, looking at them immediately. Yeah, tw- Twitter's good for that. You know, Twitter may be a, a little bit better than Facebook. And, um, you know, that's why I enjoy Twitter more than, you know, most of the other platforms. I think it's cool not just for sharing, but also just as an interaction tool. And know? then the immediate feedback that you can get, positive and negative. Absolutely. That's another that's kind of the best of times, the worst of times, because, you know, there's that whole anonymity of the Internet thing. And yeah. sometimes sometimes that can come back and get you. Talking about being a traditionalist, of course, uh, the opportunity to, to read a newspaper to start your day. You know, back in the day, probably way before you, you know, it was your time for TV watching. You were set 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you'd watch the local news. And that has certainly shifted now. But now the opportunities that are afforded us, put it on Twitter and Facebook and, of course, on the Internet site, the number of people that may get watch more of those clips now than actually watching it during your typical viewing time. Right, and that's that's kind of the similarities there. Is you're trying you're trying to catch people where they are. Yeah. You can't take for granted that they're going to go to the driveway and get the paper every morning, or they're that they're going to be home at six or ten o'clock and, you know, watch watch your newscast. And I think that's one thing we both do. I think you know, equated to high school football, which is easy to do when you're in media in this area, is that's why I've always that's why I've got a game story posted like ten minutes after the game's over, yeah. and that's why you cut your highlights up and you post it on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, shameless plug here too. I've been, I've teased it for a while now. Now I can actually come out and say it. So K and we just some incredible things taking over over there right now. Literally a four million dollars in renovations in that building that has been there for so so long. I'd say it's about 85 90 percent complete right now. But the bigger news tonight we're going to unveil, or it's actually already happened this morning, a new set, a state of the art set. It is just incredible. We're talking about a set that literally is a top 10 set in the country. So I look forward to being on that big sports video wall. And with that wall, also have an opportunity. It's a touch screen and a different portion of it where we can bring a coach in and we can literally diagram plays and break things down. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something special to this market. I look forward to bringing that to you. And, of course, it starts tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, for tonight's show, going to have the story on the 104-year-old Little League coach from Winsboro, Booker T. Burkhalter. It's not often that I get an opportunity to really plug something, but this is one of those stories when you talk about a guy that has coached 60 or he coached 69 years in Little League in that community. The number of people that he made an impact on is truly incredible. He hung up the cleats literally just two years ago, but before that, he was out there hitting grounders at the age of 102. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, we're sitting here next to Terry Waldrop. I would imagine he could probably break that streak when he uh, puts his <laughs> mind to it. <laughs> I think some mornings he feels like he's 104. <laughs> That's what happens when you hang out with Puff Daddy, though. Uh, thanks for coming in today, bud. You enjoy it? Oh, enjoy it, absolutely. Uh, we can we can do this again anytime you want. This is awesome. Fantastic, and, of course, it, it won't be long. Of course, uh, Sunbelt Conference Media Day is right around the corner. Absolutely. Everybody, uh, have a great day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.